0: This is the Freddie and Harry Podcast on ESPN Radio.
2: Greetings and salutations, brothers and sisters. Welcome to the best show on your radio. It is Freddie and Harry. Thank you very much. I am Freddie Coleman. Chad Brown's going to stop by. He's in for Harry Douglas today. Harry Douglas on assignment, getting ready for college game day. He's traveling to Oregon, takes on Utah. But each and every Thursday, right around this time, on the ESPN app, Sirius X Channel 80, and always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN radio, we make sure that you have a chance to put more money in your pocket with the best bets the weekend. Nobody does that better than Aaron Dolan. ESPN <laughs> <special laughs> There's no pressure on you. Come on. That, that's not what Please. family does. We don't put that kind of pressure on you. That's not what happens. By the way, kudos for wearing your Sixers shirt. And it has nothing to do with James Harden. Joel nope. and B. You're Got an wearing AI the legend. On.
1: We're wearing an old school AI Mitchell and S jersey. Uh, there you Got go. Gotta love it.
2: I love the fact that you're <laughs> representing your team. Before we get to the NFL, your thoughts on that 76er situation? James Harden told not to get on the plane. They're about to play the Milwaukee Bucks to kick off their season. You're a young lady, Aaron. Speak on it.
1: It's ugly. I hate the drama around it. Am I surprised by it? No. I don't think after those comments that he made against Daryl Morey, we're going to go over lightly or good and now the fact that he packed his bags was ready to go and then they said no wait hold on right. who knows what's happening behind the scenes but from a betting perspective that means we're going to make money on the bucks tonight.
2: okay <laughs> <laughs> what's the spread for those who don't know what is the spread of the bucks uh, it's
1: at six right now the totals are 227 and a half okay. um I- i'm looking at the first half which i know we we're going to talk about a little bit later or should right. i just give it to you now go ahead all right we'll just give it to you now i'm loving and by loving like there are times when i say you know this is my best bet right and i was this is my like best, best, best bet. Like I love this for your bet. Own I'm good so now. excited about this bet. The last couple months I was like, I cannot wait for game one because we're taking the Bucs in the first half. Minus mm-hmm. three and a half. They were the third best team last season right. against the spread in the first half. Now, of course, trends don't always carry over. We know that with the New York Giants last year, they're the best team against the spread, and then this year we don't even know what's going on with them. But right. I do feel like in this spot, knowing no James Harden, new head coach, first regular season game, you factor in game for that offense, they're gonna come out piping hot in this one. So I wow. do love the Bucks in the first half. Minus three and a half half um and also take a look at some of the brooke lopez props because he might be open more so than you think okay
2: what was the best prop on him
1: i mean i would look at his over threes one and a half i think that would be a good bet um again i I feel like in some of these games, when you think that, that an offense is going to be explosive like the Bucks, you just right. look at some of their players target their, yeah. their props.
2: Great up by Aaron Dolan, ESPN Sports Betting Analyst. Hit on Twitter, Aaron K. Dolan. Joining me, Freddie Coleman and Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Meanwhile, back in the NFL, we got Week 8 <laughs> starting tonight between the Buffalo Bills against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They've lost two out of their last three games, and yeah. a lot of people are starting to wonder about the Bills. What I are your thoughts too. on the time? Why are you worried about the Bills? Go ahead.
1: I mean... It was one thing when they lost to the Jags because it was expected because they just won that great game against Miami. They mm-hmm. go across the pond. The Jags were adjusted time-wise because they were over there for two games and already played a game before. So I was just like, you know what, if they lose this game, they were five-and-a-half point favorite in that one. I think it closed to four-and-a-half not surprised, but then, you know, they come back, they look flat against the Giants. That was surprising. Giants finally get their first cover of the season. Right. Then last week, that loss, I mean, it's just surprise after surprise. You're thinking they're going to have these dominant performances, and we think they're going to look like how they did against the Dolphins, and it feels like to good competition, they they play up, and then to other times, it just feels like they're turning the ball over nonstop. So wow. I think in this game in particular, it's going to be one of those get-right spots for them. I genuinely th- think this might be, like, Mm -hmm. A beat. Mm -hmm. I'm getting there. I think this is going to be a blowout. Okay. I actually do. I would lay the points before I would take them with the Bucks. I know the Bucks defense is really good. I know that the Bills have been struggling, but it just feels like one of those spots that they're going to have to get right at. Right now, the spread's minus nine and a half. It opened minus eight. So the money is coming in on the Bills. Um, As for that total, it opened 42 and a half, up to 43 and a half. Primetime unders cashing like crazy still. We're at 16 and seven to the under. Okay. For me personally, I don't really have a lean towards the total, um, but I would lay it with the Bills before I took the points with the Bucks.
2: What favorite player prop do you have for tonight's game?
1: Ooh, Josh Allen over passing yards. So last night it was 257.5. Right now it's 263.5, so it's moving up. Um, this is just a great example of, you know, sometimes you want to monitor lines, try to get the best number you possibly can. I know I'm limited to the times that I come on shows and what the lines are currently at. Right. But he is averaging 263 passing yards per game, hit over this mark in four or six games already this season. And this comes down to just an area on the Bucks defense, which is really good that he can exploit, which is the pass. They're really good at stopping the run. They're also really good in terms of red zone efficiency and holding opponents to – you know 17 points per game which is great but I do think if they're going to exploit this defense in any way it's going to be through the air hopefully he's not turning the ball over a uh, little surprise his interception prop is juiced to the under but mm-hmm. I do like him to go over his passing yards prop for tonight
2: Aaron Dolan ESPN sports betting analyst excuse me joining us in studio I'm Freddie and Harry on ESPN radio when it look ahead to the MVP market because talk about fluctuating all we do every
1: run. week we talk about oh, somebody my. new is the favorite
2: yeah exactly so let's take that out of the equation what kind of movement have you seen this week Yes,
1: yeah, so there's been a lot of movement. Patrick Mahomes is now the favorite, plus 240. This is the uh, lowest odds we've seen so far in this market. Behind him, you have Tua. Hertz made a big jump. Um, he moved from plus 850 entering the week to now. He's at plus plus. 450, so, that was big, obviously, after that win against the Dolphins, where mm-hmm. my Eagles looked really good. Shout yes, out to that did. first half over that cash for us. Uh, that was a big-time <laughs> play. Jacks <laughs> moved down to plus 700 off of being 20-1. to Obviously, that was a great win for them against Detroit. What did I say last Thursday? Yes, did. Detroit mm-hmm. was going to get blown yes, out, and they, did. they Boy, indeed did. They,
2: they got the full beaten out of them on Sunday in Baltimore. Exposed.
1: Thank God. So, I didn't look <laughs> like I was being mean. Uh, but Brock Purdy, also, just want to mention, he was at plus 700. It's now moved to 11-1 to now that the concussion protocol is coming. Out, uh, mm-hmm. Christian McCaffrey, right behind him at twelve to one. So right now we're seeing like a lot of flip-flopping between Mahomes, Tua, now Hurts is in the mix. At one point, Josh Allen was even in the mix. Brock Purdy was a favorite at one point in week six. He really? jumped down to the favorite. Now he's obviously back up um, because 14 of the last 18 winners have had the number one seed in their respective conference. So I think a lot of people thought if the 49ers kept rolling, mm-hmm. which they haven't the past two games, which right. is why the odds are moving. Um, but right now, I mean, from a value perspective, I don't think you have much value on Mahomes at this point. But he is the best player right now in the league. If anything, if there was another, you know, flyer I would take, I would maybe look at Jalen Hurts. Little concerned that he'll be able to stay healthy the entire season. That was the issue last year down the stretch, especially in December when he got banged up. Um, but he was wearing a knee brace at one point. He's a fighter. He's a guy mm-hmm. that you know can go, go, go. But I could see if something was to happen to him. Marcus Mariota is not a terrible backup, and you want to make sure that yes, he's he healthy. Is.
2: Yes, he is.
1: <laughs> you don't think he's a terrible backup?
2: I think he's an awful backup. Why? I comparative, don't think he's any good. comparative
1: to some of these other players, I
2: understand it. But anytime I've seen him play in the last four years, he's been terrible. He's been hot. For sure, garbage he's starting, on the football but field. I'm just
1: saying, as somebody who could step in, like, is he a Gardner Minshew that that's stepping in? No,
2: right for but the Colts. I, I just think that that's asking a lot of Marcus Mariota. I I just question how much he plays, he wants to play. I just question that.
1: Or is that because after you saw the quarterback documentary on Netflix? Even before. before. (laughs) I was going (laughs) to say. All right, I think. Fair, fair, fair. fair. I'm pretty sure he may have said that. He may have said that. It's it's dawning on me now. But the boy being is just Jalen Hurts staying healthy. And this stretch, this next couple, oh, the next games they have coming up, you got the Commanders, you got the Dallas Cowboys, got Mm -hmm. two games there, San Fran, the Chiefs,
2: the Bills. It gets wicked.
1: Well, but, like, why? Like, what happened to the scheduling? Like, do you usually spread those games out? I don't know.
2: That's a very, little, very little good unfair question. Yeah, it, it is very unfair, <laughs> but it's the nature of the NFL. What's fair to some may not be fair to others. It is. Aaron, Aaron Dolan, ESP, ESPN Sports Betting Analyst on Freighting. How real could we let you go? With seven weeks doing the NFL. Week eight about to start tonight. Yeah. What are some of the biggest takeaways you've seen so far that's gotten your attention?
1: I'm just I'm just going to react off last week. One, that the Detroit Lions got absolutely exposed. Because I was saying for a couple of weeks, one, they have the easiest schedule the remainder of the year. So now they're going to come back and they're going to start looking good. And we're going to be like, oh, yes, they can grab that number one seed maybe in the NFC. Mm-hmm. They face a 49ers defense or an Eagles defense, like, they're done. They're, they're done for. So I would not take them to win the NFC. And please do not take Jared Goff, M- MVP. I know there was a conversation all last week. Please. He was exposed. And then as for Lamar Jackson, he looked really good. Yeah, But that man is, like, the most inconsistent person ever like I guarantee you this week we're like what's going on with him it even just, with the
2: new offense coordinator and it yeah seems he's just be he's better. up
1: and down I mean I know their schedules you know not the easiest they're in a tough division but at the same time he's been he's a little you know inconsistent I know his MVP odds moved a ton but I wouldn't be too excited to be betting on him either okay. and then also like my favorite topic is just the Dolphins they're absolute frauds I mean you play two two games mm-hmm. against good teams the mm-hmm. Bills blown out the Eagles you did not look good whatsoever now we got the Tyreek Hill might be injured we also no, Jalen Waddle's injured right now that defense is not good so I think a lot of people were really excited about the Dolphins coming into the season I'm just not bought in on them whatsoever
2: always appreciate you Aaron great stuff as always my friend we'll talk to you next week
1: thank you great
2: stuff by Aaron Dolan she's here each and every week in studio as an ESPN sports betting analyst a great follow on Twitter at Aaron K Dolan joining us here on Freddie and Harry on ESPN radio the ESPN app Serious so like on channel 80 don't forget about us on tune in always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN radio we'll hear what you have to say in about five minutes what do you want to see from your favorite team? What do you want to see them do at the trading deadline in the NFL that is five days away? Triple H, say ESPN, eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. 729 If you believe in your team, you want to believe in your team, you're hoping to believe in your team, what do you want to see them do at the trading deadline, which happens in five days? We'll take your calls in five minutes at eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. 729 3776. But what is up with Jerry Jones? We got my man Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas joining us here in Frady and Harry on ESPN Radio. Jerry Jones, Cowboys owner, a man who never met a microphone that he did not want to talk into. You put one in front of his face, he going to speak. Sometimes he says something that makes you shake your head, but other times it's always entertaining. On his radio show, 105.3 The Fan, he says when it comes to the trading deadline, don't expect the Cowboys to make any calls seriously
0: uh, it'll have to come our way i don't want to preclude it in any way uh but uh, but it always does uh you uh, have uh, a lot of machinations that you're
1: working with every day i do and uh but uh, the initiation of an opportunity to make a trade at this time that would help us principally has to start over on the other end huh. and uh, so that's not uh, being showing a lack of aggressiveness it's just that's where it starts i like where we are with our personnel today and so i'm not uh, thinking in any way that
0: we need to uh, upgrade our roster
2: chad there's a lot of things that jerry jones has said that has not made any sense in the history of <laughs> jonesian things to say that ranks up there something like what in the name of roger Staubach, jerry jones are you talking about i <laughs>
3: Yeah, Jerry Jones continues to make uh, good sound bites. I didn't say they made sense. I didn't say they, they were tied to reality, but they're great sound bites for a show like ours. So we can talk about right. the ridiculousness that is Jerry Jones. Uh, this Cowboys team, I think, if they're going to go where Cowboys faithful wants them to go, they've got to find a way to improve their roster. When you took on the the, the top team in the NFC with the San Francisco 49ers, they blew you off of the field. Mm-hmm. And you squeaked by with a loss or with a win against the Chargers where the Chargers are going to charge her at some point. And the Chargers <laughs> did what Chargers do, and they found a way to lose that game. So for Jerry Jones to act as if he's – pleased with the roster and where things are and that teams have to call him and pay homage and Pilgrimage to Jerry Jones and and ask him if they would you like one of our players please it's a ridiculous <laughs> notion just to for him to throw that out there as if we don't understand how this whole thing works
2: it's a shame that somebody in that organization that when a microphone is in front of his face do what they do to do at Showtime, the Apollo, just have a guy come out the broom and whisk him off the stage and <laughs> kick him off when you're not. the audience is booing you. It's, some, it's too bad that somebody in the organization can't do that. But the worst part for me is a team that has a winning record, that can look terrific at times and has looked awful at times, losing the Arizona Cardinals, losing San Francisco 49ers, like you meant they got dragged up and down the field against the 49ers. I still don't know who they are. I can look at a team and say, yep, I know what they look like. When I look at the Eagles, I know what that looks like. 49ers, despite losing the last two games, I know what they look like. Kansas City Chiefs, I know what they look like. I look at the Dallas Cowboys, and I just go, I don't know what kind of identity they have. I don't know who they are in Dallas right now.
3: Well, I think for the listeners of this show, Freddie, it's important that you know Mm -hmm. what teams are about and how teams are supposed to look. But more important than Freddie Coleman knowing is the Dallas Cowboys knowing (laughs) what they are and what they're supposed to hitch their wagon to. I've always found it incredibly comforting as a football team that we knew how we were going to find success we knew what the formula was for winning we knew what certain plays we could hang our hats on and so when i was a pittsburgh Steeler, when it came to a critical situation uh, defensively what were we going to do we were going to blitz your quarterback right and an overwhelming majority of the time we were going to either sack him or affect the throw and that was going to be a win for us we could hang our hats on that you know i've been a part of teams with uh, tom brady and bill belichick in new england and we knew defensively if we kept it within uh you know two points, a point, Mm -hmm. Uh, then we can give the ball back to Tom Brady in a two-minute situation. He would not only go down and execute, but he would get close enough where then Adam Vinatieri could bang a field goal in, and we would walk off the field victors. We could hang our hats on that. I'm not sure if anybody in that Cowboys locker room has something that they are certain about that they can hang their hat on from a positive perspective.
2: One guy that wants to have have an identity is Michael Parsons, because to me, if you can say anybody – is identified as a Dallas Cowboy and what he believes in is Micah Parsons. He's let it be known that he's out there. I know he gave the Philadelphia Eagles love, but to me, that was a message to the organization to say, I believe in my team. Why don't more people believe what I believe? When people got on his quarterback, he jumped to Dak Prescott's defense and said, leave my quarterback alone. We're not having that. If you want to say that's an identity, is that Micah Parsons is the leader of that team. But he can't just be the only guy out there speaking on behalf of his team, making sense and nobody else, including their owner, Jerry Jones. They seem to be the opposite of making sense every time they open their mouth with the Dallas Cowboys in 2023.
3: Yeah, you, I mean, I, I know they say a child shall lead them, but Michael Parsons is a child in this league. Mm-hmm. doesn't have any, you know, a whole lot of playoff success to put on his resume. So for this guy to suddenly be the de facto leader, not that I'm pushing back on, on Micah Parsons doing what he's doing. I think it's a great thing. Right. But you need Dak Prescott to step up. You need your owner to, to say some things in a, in a Public way that makes sense and uh, aligned with reality. So, so often I think organizations go based off of leadership, and Jerry Jones's leadership on a league basis I think has been amazing. There are lots of owners around the league who can attribute extra billions of dollars worth to their franchise Mm -hmm. to Jerry Jones and some of the amazing things that he has done for the NFL. But if you're a cowboy player, What is this thing that Jerry Jones has done amazing for the Cowboys? How has he turned the Cowboys into anything more than just a cash cow for himself? Mm -hmm. How has he turned them into a winner on the field? What move has Jerry Jones done in the last five years or ten years that that you have said as a Cowboy player or a Cowboys fan, that's the move that gets us over the top? I can't think of
2: one. Me neither. As a Dallas Cowboys fan, you're right. His mouth almighty, tongue everlasting, has made them a lot of money and put a lot of money in his pocket. But in terms of winning a championship, that pocket's been empty since 1996. Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. Joining me, Freddie Coleman, on Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio. We want to hear from you right now. Triple H, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. What do you want to see your favorite team do at the NFL trading deadline that is five days away? 888-729-3776. Rick, in New Mexico, what is your team and what do you want to see them do?
0: I'm a Cowboys fan listening to you guys talk about the Cowboys. (laughs) And what I want them to do, bring back Ezekiel Elliott. We need blocking on the blitz and all that, and we need the short yardage red zone. He can do those things. He might not get you the big yardage he once did, but he'll block, and he'll get that short yardage. Bring him home.
2: A lot of people didn't want the Cowboys to have Zeke Elliott leave in the first place, but at those prices and running back 21st century, they were not going to keep him. But Tony Pollard has been really good, but when he gets those tough yards, he's still a little light in the britches for the Cowboys to say, yep, third and one, we can give the ball to him to see if he can help that line. Push that line and make those kind of tough yards. He's not built for that the way Ezekiel Elliott was for the Dallas Cowboys.
3: Yeah, six feet, 210, Tony Pollard goes. Yeah, he's not the short yardage guy. He's not the uh, physical guy who can be a part of your blitz pickup from a running back position. Open field, Tony Pollard's one of the best in the league. Uh, Ability to break long runs, he can certainly be explosive. But in certain situations, you need a different style back. And Tony Paula doesn't give the Dallas Cowboys that. Uh, And so often, I think as fans, Mm -hmm. we look at players and go, well, he's not what he once was, as opposed to, well, what can he still do? And Zeke has proven the last couple weeks in New England, he can be a goal line and short yardage back. He certainly is more than capable in blitz pickup, which is one of the more difficult things for a running back to do. Whenever I got a one-on-one with a running back, I immediately consider that as an oncoming pass rushing linebacker that was going to be a win for me because right. you wanted to score touchdowns you grew up wanting to score touchdowns you did not grow up wanting to stop me from sacking your quarterback so just simply from a motivation standpoint we are coming at this from very two different very motivation standpoints and you want to score touchdowns you want to hear the espn thing with highlights and all that right. da-na-na, da-na-na. you want to do all of that you do <laughs> not want me to come at you and you have to block me in a pass blocking standpoint. So, bring back Zeke. I think uh, the caller has a good point there.
2: Bill in Tampa, what do you want to see your favorite team do at the trading deadline in the NFL that's five days away? Well,
0: my team is the Buffalo Bills, and I want them to go get Devonte Adams.
2: I would not be mad at that if I'm a Buffalo Bills fan, because they're definitely getting the ball to Stephon Diggs. And I wonder at times, because Gabe Davis, he's had a case of the drop season this year so far in the National Football League. You need thumpers on the outside. Devontae Adams has let it be known that I'm not going to stand for this too much longer with the Las Vegas Raiders. A team like the Buffalo Bills, with their quarterback with Stephon Diggs, that could be a perfect combination to kind of counterbalance what they sort of have but don't have in terms of another playmaker on the outside for Josh Allen.
3: Yeah, Josh Allen needs more playmakers than offense. Devontae Adams, one of the best in the league. Uh Certainly the situation with the Raiders does not seem to be going well. Once again, Josh McDaniels, I think, doesn't have the human touch as far as understanding how to have relationships with some of your key players in your locker room. Mm-hmm. When he was a head coach in Denver, he had issues. Uh, now it's showing up there in Las Vegas as well. Uh, yeah, maybe the Raiders need to allow Devontae Adams to seek greener pastures. Mm-hmm. And the Buffalo Bills would certainly be a, a great fit. They would, they would benefit tremendously from this. They've got a receiver on the other side. They've got a quarterback. Now to have two of those type of receivers would be a very difficult offense to defend.
2: Keep weighing in at 888-ESPN Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. and Freddie Harry. We want to hear from you. What do you want to see your favorite, do, favorite team do at the NFL trading deadline that is five days away? We won't pass any judgment. Unless it's so outrageous, then you'll leave us no choice. But 888-729-3776, what do you want to see your favorite NFL team do at the trading deadline in five days? Your calls are next on Freddie and Harry with me and Chad Brown on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Freddie and Harry Podcast on ESPN Radio. Got my man Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas today. Thanks for joining us on Freddie and Harry. I'm Freddie Coleman presented by Progressive Insurance on Sirius XM Channel 80. Don't forget about us on in. and always tell that smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Can't wait to get to your calls. And boy, we got a lot of them waiting to be heard. What do you want to see from your favorite NFL team? What do you want to see them do at the trading deadline that is five days away? We'll listen to what you have to say on the Dr. Pepper call-in line at 888-729-3776. Meanwhile, with the New York Jets, Zach Rosenblatt, who covers that team, Chad, for The Athletic, tweeted, running back Dalvin Cook is saying that it's hard for him to get going when he's only getting a few carries a game. He's also shown in his career that he gets better the more he carries the rock. He says his yard per carries, that's down because he's not getting a lot of carries. He was asked about the idea of getting traded. Dalvin Cook, Chad, said those are conversations he can have with his agent and Joe Douglas, but he's not asking for a trade. He is clearly frustrated with his role. He said this is not what he expected when he signed with the New York Jets after the Minnesota Vikings cut him loose in the offseason.
3: Feelings are a funny thing, man. Feelings (laughs) are a funny thing. As a running back, you want to have some shelf life, but as a as a player, you want to play. Right. So Dalvin Cook is facing the reality that after being the man in Minnesota, now being asked to be a, a role player, and that's a difficult thing. Mm-hmm. It's a difficult thing. Uh, I mentioned in uh, on, on our last segment, I was a part of that new, new England organization, and it's a very difficult, humbling thing when you're part of an organization like that where well, your role could change from week to week, or your role is different than what you were had at your previous team, mm-hmm. it can't help but get under your skin a bit. It, it definitely frustrates you unless you're willing to really have some uh, a complete perspective shift and wrap your mind around that. So I think Dalvin Cook is going through that. So it's not quite, uh, you know, throwing bombs trying to get out of there. Right. But he is publicly, which is always the worst way to do it, campaigning <laughs> for more for more PT.
2: I'll throw this question at you. When you decided to sign with a team, how much did they tell you what your role was going to be? And you were hoping that was going to be the case. But you knew the potential was there that, man, it may not be exactly what they told me what was going to happen.
3: Okay, so I leave Pittsburgh and go to Seattle. And uh, I knew, I've, obviously, I was the biggest free agent that year. So I was going to have a major role. But the defense was completely different. So mm-hmm. rather than being a 3-4 edge outside linebacker guy like T.J. Watt is now, then I was off the ball, and I was playing off the ball linebacker. And I was, and I'm saying to myself and to my friends, I didn't sign up for this. Okay, I signed up to get after the quarterback. What are they doing? And then, you know, a year later, we got a defensive coordinator change. Now I'm doing something different. Then the next year, Mike Holmgren comes in, and it's Fritz Shermer, And then I'm doing something different. So for the first four years in Seattle, I was changing roles every year. And none of the roles were anything that I thought was how I was best utilized.
2: Right. And the reason I asked you that, because I wonder how much the Dalvin Cook was told one thing. And because Brees Hall has been so terrific that another has developed where they said, well, we got to keep that guy out there. That guy gives us the best chance we can win as a Jets organization with no Aaron Rodgers and Zach Wilson as our quarterback. He was going in thinking, man, I can't wait to be a part of Aaron Rodgers and be multifaceted like I had shown in Minnesota. Things have completely changed, and it has not been to the liking or to the effectiveness or lack of effectiveness when it comes to Dalvin Cook.
3: Now, Dalvin Cook has got to change his perspective. if he's going to be successful this year on the Jets, and can he say he's not seeking a trade, but obviously Joe Douglas is going to read about this comment, so mm-hmm. maybe he will be. But if he's not, and he gets five or six carries a game, you cannot... On your fifth carry, be like, this ain't going to be any good because I need 15. Right. Your, your mindset has to align with your goals. If your goal is to be the best running back you can be, then your fifth carry matters. You can't say, well, this carry doesn't matter because I need 15 or 20 to really get rolling. Right. So he's got to find a way to shift his mindset to fill that role he's being asked to fill. Otherwise, you're going to be on another team next year, which is also going to have a questionable way Mm -hmm. in which they use you. And you're going to bounce around the league at the end of your career from team to team, always being frustrated and always being unhappy, rather than focusing, how can I be best this year in this role? It's a humbling thing to do. Not every player can do it. But certainly at the end of my career, if I wanted to stick into the league, I had to find a way to do that.
2: Mr. Undesirable Picks and Opinions hit us on Twitter, Coleman ESPN at Chad Brown 94, saying, I would like to see my Pittsburgh Steelers to keep on growing and building. Maybe one more nasty defensive lineman for depth of the trading deadline, a run stopper. He says, Chad Brown, you know what I mean, or a Levon Kirkland type at linebacker to help this defense keep growing in Pittsburgh.
3: Yeah, yeah, I, I think the Steelers could certainly use that. They've got weapons on the outside to get to the quarterback. But you only get a chance to get to the quarterback when you earn that by stopping the run on first and second down. So this Steelers defense needs that thumper kind of guy. Now, LaVon Kirkland is such a unicorn. You can search for that all your life. You're only going to get one. <laughs> a 280-pound inside <laughs> linebacker who can run with tight ends. There's only been one of those dudes, and I played with him. And I was very lucky. So can't quite find that. But to go with a more traditional run thumper, that's – harder and harder to find coming out of college football. These guys are used to playing in versus spread teams. They're used to yeah. playing a space game. Now to ask a, a guy to come out of college and be prepared to be essentially a stand-up nose guard of some sort, that's really difficult to find.
2: Chad Brown for Harry Douglas. Joining me, Freddie Coleman and Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. What say you? What do you want to see your favorite team do at the NFL trading deadline? That is five days away. It's time to hear from you at 888 espn eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Nigel San Antonio. Give us your team. What do you want to see them do at the trading deadline next week?
0: My team is the Detroit Lions, and we need another edge rusher. Point blank period. Um Aiden Hutchins is doing his thing, but you know, it's only so long a one man wrecking crew can be a one man wrecking crew without another person helping.
2: Yeah, if you're going to get after the quarterback, you can't just have one guy. I understand where he's coming from in the Detroit Lions. That defense does fly around a lot, but Aiden Hutchinson makes it go. They got guys on the inside. John Kaminsky is not bad. I like their linebackers. They can bring Anzalone, Alex Anzalone from the middle linebacker spot, but especially in that division or in the NFC period, you get a chance to add another pass rusher, even though those guys are hard to find. I wonder what kind of market would be like that, Chad, for the Detroit Lions to help out Aiden Hutchinson.
3: Yeah, I'm trying to think of teams who've got a disgruntled or a, right. a surplus of pass rushers or a, a team that's that's failing and looking to do what the, the Broncos did a couple years ago when they let Von Miller go on to the Rams. Obviously, Von Miller was a big part of the Rams Super Bowl mm-hmm. victory. Yeah. Uh, and, the, and the Broncos knew that Von Miller – was not going to be part of their future. I'm just trying to look around the league in my head right now. I'm not seeing a pass rusher of any sort who's going to be available. Uh, Frank Clark looks like he's going to re-sign with What's the Seattle, Seattle, Se- Seattle Seahawks right. after some flirtation with the Kansas City Chiefs. But uh, clearly Frank Clark's better days are behind him. He's got a a great track record of postseason sack success, Mm -hmm. but not a lot during the regular season. So could he really jump into the lines and help them now? I'm not certain on that. And, again, it seems like he's going to sign back with Seattle, and that's something that you do towards the end of your career, kind of go back home for that final victory lap. But uh, looking around the league, I'm not seeing a lot of pass rushers who are going to be trade bait at this time.
2: Shannon Penn, my producer, got in my ear and said, what about Chase Young with Washington? that could be a potential.
3: Uh that that could be a, a a potential and and I'm hearing his name being floated about. Now, I know he's still recovering from the from the ACL. So, you know, who is Chase Young? Mm-hmm. Uh who what is his uh where is his arrow pointed? Is it going to be a season where he's just trying to recover from that and doesn't regain his, his pop and punch around the edge? Or is he a guy who's found ways to get better and get a little improvement every single week? I haven't watched enough Chase Young film this year to be able to answer that question definitively, mm-hmm. but certainly would be a guy I would be interested in if I were looking to improve my pass rush.
2: Johnny, California, trade deadline approaching five days away. What do you want to see your favorite NFL team do at said deadline?
1: Hey, well, my favorite NFL team is the
0: 49ers. I'm sitting here with a burrito and a Gatorade trying to figure this out. <laughs> and um, I think we still have the Colin Kaepernick curse. I think when Colin left the building, he put the fingers up and said, until you do buy, right by me from Whoopi Goldberg in color purple. So I think we just need to get another quarterback, another maybe another quarterback to sit there because the way things going with Brock Purdy. And I like Sam Darnold. I think he's a great quarterback. I think he's, he, he's, he's
1: efficient. But what happens
2: in the future? When when you can invoke Seeley from the Color Purple, to make your point, you get kudos from me and Chad Brown as far <laughs> as that goes. You know, well done by Johnny California. Those kind of guys are usually never out there. And we said this last hour, Chad, before you got in here, Chris Carlin, he pointed it out when both you guys and for Harry Dougs today. He said, don't be surprised if San Francisco has a guy and a guy that won't be available until next year. And that guy's Kirk Cousins of the Minnesota Vikings. Because he fits everything that they do. But he's let it be known with the no trade clause. He's not going to go anywhere this year. But he also said, if you're going to trade me, you better make sure the coaching staff is right. A team can compete for a championship and make sure it's a family-like atmosphere. And the 49ers check all those boxes. He may not be able to be a part of that until next year if things don't ramp up for Brock Purdy or Sam Darnold's not able to be the quality backup that they believe they were getting when they brought him to the San Francisco 49ers.
3: I mean, obviously we saw what happened to the 49ers in the playoffs last year. So quarterback depth, I think it, Sam Darnold was brought in to address that issue. Um, Sam Darnold uh, certainly has a, a bit to prove as a player, but I, but I think he's a guy who's mostly been available for his teams. Yeah, uh, We'll see what Sam Darnold looks like in Kyle Shanahan's offense uh, with Brock Purdy and in concussion protocol. So can Sam Darnold be the guy who can – really distribute the ball to the playmakers because that's what's asked of you in that offense. You don't need to be amazing as a quarterback there. You just need to get the ball to the right guys at the right time because they got playmakers all over the field.
2: Buck in Mississippi, what do you want to see your favorite team, your NFL team, do at the trading deadline in five days, Buck?
3: Hey, how y'all doing today? Y'all doing all right? We're
2: doing well. How about you, my man?
3: Hey, uh, I'm a Titans fan.
2: I miss Harry, but I got to weigh in on this Dallas Cowboy situation. Is Jerry Jones smoking crack? They need a running back like Saquon, and they should have went and got a corner off the couch uh, when uh, when their cornerback went down. I and mean, like, what is what is he talking about? Like, what, what, what is he and and I, and I got three more things to say. And I mean, I'm I'm a and I'm and I'm gonna let y'all. I'm gonna let y'all go on. Okay, there's it, three things that trash right now. Okay. Anthony Davis trash. Okay, wow. Chicago Bulls trash. Wow, and Dwight was super trash. Wow, <laughs> wow. He he went double sports on us there. Yes. <laughs> he went from ownership to players to the NBA. Let us know how you feel, Buck. Let us <laughs> exactly. know how you feel, man. I don't know if Anthony Davis is trash, but he can't be the ghost called Anthony Davis anymore in the second half. Yeah, he can't have that happen.
3: That's that's a real problem out there with the Lakers. They got to find a way to get some consistency. Yeah. You, we were talking about you not knowing what mm. the Dallas Cowboys need to hit your wagons to offensively. Right. I don't know if anybody in that Lakers locker room knows which Anthony Davis is going to show up, not just from game to game, but from half to half. You are not lying on that. You
2: can't have 17 in the first 24, and then you go 0 for 6, a donut in the next 24 if you Anthony Davis with that kind of skill set. Keep weighing in on Twitter, at Coleman espn at Brown 94 What do you want to see your team, your favorite NFL team, do at the trading deadline in five days? Dominic38 says – I'm a Cowboys fan. They need interior D-line help or a linebacker. Old line move Tyron to right guard, touch it right tackle, move Young to left guard, and steal to a guard. And if Aaron Donald's out there, see if you can find a way to get him. Let us know. Your team at the trading deadline, what you want your NFL team to do, let us know at Coleman ESPN and at Chad Brown 94 Here's Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us. on Freddie and Harry. It was the first night for Victor Wimby-Yama in the NBA, but he said bleep it when it came to this. And San Antonio and the MA is going to be better for it. We'll tell you what that bleep is all about on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio.
0: Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, seventeen percent alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment
2: He's Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. Joining me, Freddie Coleman on Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance. Appreciate you joining us on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, SiriusXM so like channel 80, and always tell that smart speaker of yours to play ESPN Radio from the We Know This Now So You Department. Victor Wimbiana's first game, he had 15 points. He also had two rebounds, two assists. Excuse me, six to nine from the floor. So did Tim Duncan in his first game. He had 15 points, two assists. He was six of nine from the floor in his first game for the San Antonio Spurs. Not trying to, you know, do the whole thing like looking at the crystal ball situation, Chad Brown, it comes to mind That worked well for Tim Duncan in his first game. Victor Wembanyama yamas had it for the same kind of career. But that was extremely, extremely eerie that they had the same number, the same stat line when it came to points, assists, and field goals. What did you see from the new Slim Reaper in the NBA from last night with Victor Wembanyama making his NBA debut for the Spurs?
3: I saw a guy who... Towards the end of the game, I think put all the Popovich coaching points aside. Inside, I'm just going to insert myself into this thing to finish it out. So it was a bit of a, you know, shaky. maybe not shaky, but a okay start for him to start the game. It's your NBA debut. Can't help but have nerves and all that. But in the fourth quarter, he turned it on. So sometimes it's not how you start something; it's how you finish. And so I thought he showed a lot of basketball IQ and a lot of basketball maturity once the fourth character came around, that he was going to insert himself. He was go- his, He was going to will himself into that game. Yeah. I think that's a great skill set for any player to have because a lot of guys can make plays within the design of the playbook. Mm-hmm. But as a special player who is able to make plays outside of that, who is able to will extra things into happen, to will things into reality. Yeah. So for this guy to come in when, you know, I think we all were expecting – some pretty good things based on the limited action in the preseason, but here's a guy who clearly needs to add some weight, needs to add some strength. But at the same time, he plays with more power than I expected. He's got more, you know, grown man strength than I gave him credit for. So there's, uh, I think, their perception. And then last night, particularly in the fourth quarter, I think the reality showed up. And if that can be the level he plays at consistently, this kid is going to be a – I mean, we always knew he's going to be a superstar, yeah. but a superstar amongst superstars.
2: Yeah. He honestly said bleep it in the fourth quarter. Yeah. He wasn't worried about the referees. He wasn't worried about the physical contact. He wasn't worried about the slow start. He said, I'm going to do me. I'm going to go out there, and I'm going to make some shots. I'm going to make some plays. And that's what he did in the fourth quarter. Anything that we saw, even in that small sample, was enough for me to say, man, when he really, really gets used to the idea of what it takes and what he has to deal with and what he can give back after taking it in – then the NBA should be really, really, really afraid because we haven't seen anything like this before. A guy 7'3", 7'4", with that kind of skill set and the ability to come into the NBA at 19 years of age, even being the kind of celebrity that he is, he says, yeah,
3: I know all eyes are on me, but... You know, doesn't change anything for me. It's, Of course, uh, I want to give the best show to the fans, and uh, especially in, in, in here, San Antonio, and in France. But, uh, you know, it's... It's still my job. I still got responsibilities towards my, my coach and my teammates. So, really, it's it's not what matters.
2: The Lakers need to see that from Anthony Davis. Mm. At times, just say, bleep it. Yeah. I don't care if you're double-teaming me. I don't care if you're triple-teaming me. My skill set is going to be better than anything you throw at me. They tried to say, oh, we can guard Victor Wembanyama yama one one-on-one. And after he made his first two shots the fourth quarter, <laughs> they gave Jason Gibson uh-uh, you got to run a double team in him. And he still said bleep it and got to where he wanted to go, got the pass out, got the ball back, and he was able to make some plays. You need that if you're the Los Angeles Lakers from a guy that you are really, really counting on. If you're going to win a championship and not in a bubble environment when it comes to Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and the Lakers.
3: Truly great players have the ability to bend reality to their will. Odds and circumstances are saying, no, you're not going to be able to do this. We are going to double you, Travis Kelsey. Nope. Travis Kelsey still ends up with 10 to 12 catches for 130 mm-hmm. yards. We are going to take you away, Victor Wimanyama. No, nope. Nope, nope. in the fourth quarter, I'm going to make plays outside the playbook and outside the defensive scheme that's in front of me because that's how good I am. That's what truly great players do, and they recognize that it's not about making plays in the first quarter when things are simple and easy. It's about crunch time in the fourth quarter, and I know uh, the – the uh, San Antonio dropped this game but again to step up in the fourth quarter in the crunch critical moments that speaks to his football his basketball IQ his basketball passion and heart and his playing ability and so for the Lakers to look at this young guy and wish that they're high-priced, veteran guy mm-hmm. and anthony davis could somehow replicate that kind of not skill set but mindset because this is a mindset thing in my mind that the difference between what we saw from victor last night and what we saw from anthony davis in the opener
2: one of the things i love about what happened last night victor wimby dallas and san antonio used to be that kind of rivalry when they would get after each other either in the playoffs in the regular season Plenty of times that was must-see TV. Dirk Nowitzki, Tim Duncan, Manuel Ginobili, Jason Kidd, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You had that potential there now. Now the Victor Wembanyama is there. And guys that are going to be around him. And Nuka Doncic, Chad, needed to have that triple-double to keep that from being a winning game for the San Antonio Spurs. You got Kyrie Irving is there. This could be the start of something, once again, that I've seen before and always made the NBA better when both of those Texas teams were competing at that level between Dallas and San
3: Antonio. I love what you said. Made it better, and who gets to win here? We get to win as fans. Yes, to see a heater rivalry, to see great players bring out the best, and another great player on the opposite team, then we all win with that. So I'm looking forward to that coming into fruition.
2: He's Chad Brown And for Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman. Appreciate you joining us, and Freddie and Harry hit us up on Twitter anytime you want at Coleman ESPN and also Chad Brown 94. Don't forget the phone number for the Doctor Pepper calling line at eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. A person who shall remain nameless hopes you keep all that same energy for Purdy. Brock Purdy, the 49ers quarterback. That's next. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app, the Freddie and Harry podcast.